Hi, this is Dr. MJ coming to you from beautiful Boston, Massachusetts. This is the Women in Dentistry podcast where we feature women in dentistry making waves and leading the industry through the next decade. I am your host, Dr. Mary Jane Hanlon, a former dental assistant, dental hygienist, and now dentist. I'm very pleased to introduce you today to Ms. Sonia Dunbar. Sonia is a dental hygienist who has obtained a master's in health administration with over 28 years of clinical, private, and academic experience in dental hygiene. Sonia is also known as the geriatric tooth fairy and is a philanthropist and an advocate for aging adults in long-term care facilities. She's a professional speaker and a published author and presented courses nationally and internationally in the areas of mobile dentistry, oral systemic link, dental decay, and OSHA for passionate, energetic keynotes, SOS saving our seniors, and don't be divided by diversity. It is now my pleasure to bring you to my interview with Ms. Sonia Dunbar. Sonia, it's so awesome to have you on the show today. I have been looking forward to this. You have no idea since the first time we talked because I knew right away that we had this connection with geriatric dentistry and mobile dentistry. And so I can't wait to, to have you share your story with more of the audience. So without any further ado, please just jump right in. Tell us how you got into dentistry and then we'll go into some questions after that. Great. Thank you for asking, Mary Jane. Thank you for allowing me to be on this show. I'm so excited to share. My journey started in dentistry when I was, I think I had to be eight years old. I remember sitting on the porch with my grandmother and talking about how I love to smile. And I used to play a game as a kid and I would stare at people and smile at them until they smiled back. <laughs> Sometimes I would have to stare so long that my jaws would hurt, but people were reluctant to smile. But one thing I learned that a smile is contagious, especially when it's from a cute little chunky kid with pigtails. <laughs> so, the smile got contagious, but I did notice that people who weren't happy with their teeth did not smile as big. I noticed that people could smile with their lips and not smile with their eyes. And that's a different smile. So that started me on the journey to wanting to be a dentist. Growing up in Detroit, my mother had a drug addiction and my father was in prison. So I didn't have the opportunity to pursue dental school. I went to college. I didn't have the funds and I had to jump out and went in the military. And from the military, I became a hygienist. So I just pivoted a different way, but it was the way for me. And it was amazing. So from that, I, I went to hygiene school in Jacksonville, Florida. It was a great um, ride. I finished the program. I started out in private practice for about, mm, I stayed in private practice maybe 10 years. Then my kids were getting to an age where I, it was hard for me to work. So I, I came out and I've always had an entrepreneur spirit. I came out and I opened up an in-home daycare. I kept my hygiene license active, but my kids were like, three, four, and five. My husband was still military, so my kids were real close in age. So I, I had um, three kids home, and then I started keeping my neighbor's kids, and then all of a sudden I had 12 kids in my house. I opened up a, nur a nursery in my house. Then I ended up getting a building. Then I had a chain of seven nursing homes and a one school that went up to the eighth grade. I did that 
for several years. And then I got tired of that, but I had a caregiving personality. And here's the catch. What you're supposed to do is always in you. When we were in the um, nursing, in the, in the daycares, I would take the little kids to sing to the people in the nursing homes. Because oh. I just always had the care for, I would always say around Christmas, who never gets guests or who, who doesn't have family members or who kids live out of state. And those would be the ones that my nursery kids would dress up for Christmas and take them gifts. We would buy Avon all year and take them a gift. And we would sing to them and they loved that. But I had the passion for elders. Mm -hmm. And that came from my grandmother. When my grandmother became ill, I promised her that I would never put her in a nursing home. That was a promise I couldn't keep. She was gestationally diabetic and she helped raise me because of what I was going through with my mother. She lost a leg. She was severely obese. She had all the comorbidities that went along with congestive heart failure and uncontrollable type 2 diabetes and we put her in long-term care. But when, I, when she was in there, I noticed that the CNAs weren't taking out her dentures. Something simple as that, but me being a hygienist, I was like, well, grandma, why did it take out your dentures last night? I would take them out and clean them. And then a roommate said, can you brush my teeth? I went to brush her teeth. She didn't have a toothbrush. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? So I went and bought her a toothbrush and I started brushing her teeth and cleaning my grandmother's dentures. Come to find out, my grandmother started telling people, my granddaughter's the teeth lady. If you want your teeth clean, bring me some cigarettes. Because my grandmother had congestive heart failure. I told her I wasn't bringing her any cigarettes because she had an oxygen tank on. But every day when I went, I noticed it was a few more people coming in my grandmother's room, you know, wanting me to clean their teeth and they had the dentures. One day I looked outside her door. It had to be Mary Jane, at least 15 seniors lined up outside her door. I was looking for my grandmother. She was out in the courtyard and she had a box of cigarettes that she had bartered me out for. So <laughs> was like, are you kidding me? So needless to say, I, I took the cigarettes from her with a struggle with me and a nursing home administrator because she's going to blow the place up with this oxygen on her back. But I cleaned the resident's teeth up. My grandmother transitioned and it took me a while to get back in, but I knew that's what she wanted me to do care for our greatest generation. Yeah. So my gift to my grandmother was to become the geriatric tooth fairy. And that's how I started my journey, providing care for seniors in long-term care facilities. Wow, such a great story. Oh my gosh, what a great story. And what a great way to honor your grandmother. I mean, seriously, it's every day I'm sure she's smiling. Every day. Oh my gosh, that's such a great thing. So what do you do today? How are you, how are you serving our seniors today? Are you, did you buy mobile equipment? Did you, do you have several nursing homes that you go to? Tell me a little bit about the journey today. Absolutely. So I started my clinic, my mobile practice, just going in and taking care of residences, brushing teeth. I learned my laws, got my lawyers. So now my husband and I own a mobile dental company and we, we're in Florida and Georgia and we're in over a hundred nursing homes. We have a van and we have portable equipment that the dentist and the, and the hygienist and the other assistants take in. We provide comprehensive dental care in the nursing homes, dentures, extractions, fillings, partials, and everything. We usually go once a month because sometimes from month to month, the people hadn't even had their teeth brushed. 
So when we go in, we just do, you know, selective polishing, de-placking. The dentist goes in and we do a, new exams on the new patients that come in because when the, here's the thing, something you and I spoke about, implants. There's, there's an implant tsunami that's happening in nursing homes with baby boomers. You think the average age of the implant could be somewhere between 35 and 55? Well, if someone's 55 with an implant, 20 years, they're gonna, they may be in a nursing home. I have implants just so mobile, you can almost pull it out. Because when they go into the nursing home, if they go in from way of a, from a hospital and the patient may have had a stroke, they may not be conscious. The only thing the nursing home looks to see if they have dentures. They don't even know if they're on, they have all on fours or if it's an implant. So they don't know how to care for that. So we go in every month, we take care of the teeth and the dentist does the exam. They do a plan for the patient. If they have implants, dentures, both, or, or if they're edontulists, they still need care. So we provide monthly dental care and long-term care facilities. We have equipment that we drag in um, and we set we set up the, a room in the nurse home, just like a dental office. We have the x-ray unit, the cabotron, the slow speed, the high speed, everything, suction, everything we take in. And then we also have a van when the dentist needs to do um, more complicated procedures. We don't do any root canals or implants, but things as such as um, uh, multiple extractions or root tips and different things like that. We, we have a van where the residents can get in if they're comfortable. But a lot of nursing home residents are not comfortable leaving their wheelchairs or their jerry chairs. So do you have chair lifts to get into the van or no? We have a ramp, but here's the thing about the van. We do not feel comfortable taking a person that can't, is not mobile enough to move themselves because if they fall, if they fall, first of all, it would just hurt my heart because a lot of people, if they fall, they break a knee, they break a hip. So it's best to service them in their chair. That's where they're comfortable. And then the patients are really apprehensive about being moved because when they get out of the bed, most of them have a Hoyer and that's a CNA. Our dental team is not equipped to, to handle that equipment and we're not liable for that and we're not going to get sued for that. A lot of times I remember that we used to have a mobile chair that we would take into an office where they could, you know, get into it if they were able to but we had the, the extension on the, the wheelchairs that we could add at any time if we needed to. Um, but I know that we never treated anybody on a van and never treated anybody with extractions unless we had the ability to do it safely. So I agree with you, a great way to, to, to help them as much as possible, but we are limited, aren't we, with when, when we serve them, yeah. Wow, that is amazing. So you're, you're just managing all of this or do you still provide um, on-site care? No, I'm actually not clinical anymore because the geriatric tooth fairy has pivoted. So I own the company and we have a whole, we have our teams and it, it's, it's, it's going on its own now. So I'm, I'm proud of that. But um, now I'm doing speaking nationally and internationally, uh, bringing awareness to the deplorable oral care condition in nursing homes. Yeah. I'm also bringing awareness to seniors. When you and I spoke about it, I was telling you I was just starting the Senior Santa. Yes, yes, yes. We're full throttled into that. July kicked that off where we adopt, um, I've adopted three nursing homes in Florida and three in Georgia where we give the seniors a, a wish list and we put certain things on the list, you know, so no one will be asking for a Tesla or a 50 inch. 
television. <laughs> so we put certain things on the list that they have to ask for. And so we're doing our senior Santa. I'm, my purpose now and my passion in life is to be the voice for those who voice who has become a whisper. Um, my mouth is big enough to be a mouth for them right now because you can't hear them. So I'm, I'm doing the senior Santa. I have online course training for CNAs, which is so important. I'm doing in-person training for CNAs in in the CNA schools, in hospitals. I'm just trying to get to the core to save as many seniors as I can. Um, I call myself sending out an SOS, saving our seniors one smile at a time um, because they need it. They need someone to advocate for them. So that's where I am, you know, and and talking to seniors, a lot of them feel invisible. They feel forgotten. And the thing about it being, the thing about life, if we're old, if we are blessed enough to, to keep breathing, we'll be a senior one day. And, and I, you can't count on your children. You can't count on your family because we don't know what hand will be dealt. But, you know, so I just feel for them. That's just where I am with that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, such a great story, Sonia. Such a great way to give back. So what can our audience do for your seniors? Because I think that it is like ideal to be able to support this. And, you know, obviously I'm really passionate about it as well. And I'll use my own network to help you to support this. I'd love to see you do this across the country. Because we have seniors everywhere that are in need of, I mean, it used to be one of the saddest things is to, to see seniors day by day, week after week, month after month, year after year, in a nursing home without any visitors. And, oh my gosh, it's just heartbreaking. You know, where is your family? What, what's happened? And how could this have happened to them, right? I mean, it's just... It's just so touching and you just hope that, you know, somebody cares for them enough that they don't have to go through the end of life by themselves completely, right? That our teams feel for them, that our, the CNAs feel for them, that they develop a relationship enough with somebody at the end of their life so they don't feel so alone. I mean, it's just, it, that piece is really sad, I think. Absolutely. And there's so many different scenarios that in seniors and, and that take seniors to this stage in life. Like one lady who um, just expired, um, I was, we were taking care of, she had all of her teeth, all of her teeth. She was amazing. And she had one daughter, her daughter never had children. And she was, I, I think she was 90. So her daughter was in her late seventies and her daughter had died from breast cancer. So that was her only family member. So there are a lot of scenarios, um, like one lady, her and her husband were snowbirds. They moved from New Jersey to Florida. She had two kids, but all of their um, families were in New Jersey and they had kids in college and everything. And the mother was here and the father was here. The uh, mother died. The father was here by himself. And he didn't want to move to New Jersey because he didn't want to leave his wife. Well, his life was expired, but he just felt it was leaving her. So he was here alone and he had to he had to die alone. So there's a lot of stories around why people end up in different places and different stages in their life. But my grandmother used to always tell me, you know where you start out, but you don't know where you're going to end. So I'm honored to be able to take care of people at the end of their lives. 
So what can we, as a, a strong group of women, what can we do to help support you and, and get you what you need? What, what do you need? Well, right now, since we're going into the holiday season, if anybody wants to be a part of the, um, if anyone would like to be a part of the Senior Santa and sponsor a senior, I will send you the wish list. People can definitely send that in because we'll be packaging it up. Now, we cannot go into the nursing homes, but we will we get our list and we'll be dropping them off at the door so that the seniors can have a nice Christmas. Let me tell you something we did, which was amazing, and it got national news. I started asking people to donate tablets at the beginning of COVID. Tamron Hall's show heard about it. She aired it on her show and we got many tablets donated and we were able to give it to the, give them to the nursing homes so seniors can see their children because a lot of them don't have phone, cell phones. So at least they were able to talk to their children and see them. So that was epic. So that is fantastic. Fantastic. It was other seniors calling me. Like one lady was 80 years old. She went online. She was like, I want to help the old people. I was like, ma'am, how old are you? <laughs> She's like, I'm 80, but these old people need help. I was like, okay, um, how do you want to help? And she went on Amazon and ordered three tablets. And she said, please give it to those old people. I feel so sorry for them. Aww. I was like, that was so precious. So, but then when I, when I gave it to the nursing homes, they were so, cause the CNAs were sharing their personal phones just so I can call. So, but we were able to give out a lot. So if there's some way that someone wants, if there's any way that people want to help, they can help with senior Santa. Um, I'll send you the wish list or they can go to my website and do a donation there. And, but if they want to just, the, the most of the gifts are crossword puzzles, their um, pajamas, different sizes, a sweater, different things that seniors will want. You, we don't take food in there because they have dietary restrictions, but some of them like things, but I would definitely see the list and my website. If someone wants to donate, we would love that to be able to give them a better quality of life. We're doing what we can in the, in the facilities with my business, taking care of their teeth as a dental professional. But right now, my purpose and passion is to give people a better quality of life at the end of their life. So I think this is what we'll do. We'll, we'll put all of the documentation underneath the video when it gets aired on the Women in Dentistry podcast page. And then what we can do is we can send links out on, on both our social media accounts when we get closer and it gets launched. Because I know it will be launched, I think, in the beginning of November, I think, uh, or the end of October. I think I, I place it specifically so that you would make sure to get as much bang for the buck during that season as possible. So you're epic. You are epic. <laughs> I think we're both really passionate about this age group and this this group of women and men that that you know it's tough. I remember how hard it was and in like you and I shared, you know, it's not everybody that can go into a nursing home and smell urine and yuck and 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 see people, you know, in some of the worst shape because they're they're suffering. But I could, and you can. And so that's a blessing, I think, as far as I'm concerned. And so if, if since we can do it and we, we choose to do it, then let's just do it together and, and support it and try to get as much press for this as possible and get it out there. Thank you, Mary Jane, and God bless you for what you're doing. Well, all of us are doing a lot. All of us are contributing in ways that is just amazing. So 
Thank you for that. But it, my goal, I think, is just to continue to support these amazing women like you that are out there Thank doing you. all these great things. I mean, you know, not everybody has great ideas, but not everybody follows through with those great ideas. So, you know, you follow through, you followed your heart, you have your purpose, you have your why. And that is, uh, that to me, that defines success in one's life. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So how old are your children now? Um, 25, 26, and 27. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And so are they local? Are they close by? No, 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 no. Well, my daughter's here. She, she graduated with her degree in entertainment and hospitality, and she works for Disney. Excellent. My middle boy, my daughter's my baby, my middle boy, he's a physician assistant in the military. He joined the army following his mom and dad footprints. And my oldest son graduated from um, FAMU. He's a hotel manager in Las Vegas. So everybody's pretty spread out. They spread at their wings and my little eagles flew. I have no grandchildren. I do have a grand pup named Jack. He's a chihuahua and I'm very overprotective about him and he's losing teeth and I'm really concerned about that. So we're trying to figure out what we can do about that and maybe some implants or something. I don't know, but that's my heart, Jaggy. Oh, awesome. Well, wait to have real grandchildren. Oh my gosh, <laughs> there is nothing like it. I'm anxiously awaiting baby number two congrats thank you who will be here the beginning of november so i uh, am just ecstatic my little grandson is two and number two is a baby girl so little princess on the way so i'm really excited you're not gonna have any money i know <laughs> <laughs> but i have to laugh my daughter i have been really good my i have been really good i i have only bought like one or two things for for her and I was really good with Gavin, but my daughter is out of control. I'm like, oh my gosh, honey, you don't have to buy it. Nobody has to buy you anything for the first three months. She said, I know, mom, I know there's so many cute things. So it's a little bit different having a girl because I only had one and obviously I didn't enjoy, you know, get an opportunity to enjoy boys. But with her, I know, I remember going through the same thing. Oh my gosh, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop buying things for her. They were so cute and pretty. Anyway. We digress. So tell us a little bit about, you know, some great piece of advice that you received along the way that you remember today that impacted your life so greatly. I think that we all have this, this, this person in our life that, that gives us a little tidbit of something that inspires us. And I just figured I'd ask you if there was somebody in yours. You know what? I, I think I mentioned it a little earlier. My grandmother, like I said, I was raised by her. I sat at her feet and all of her friends, all of her friends, I would just sit around them and listen. And, and they dripped so much wisdom in me. I think I was a little old lady by the time I was 16. <laughs> when I got my first car, I went and picked up my grandmother. So I was just, I was 17 and I went and picked her up and we hung out. So I always had like an old um spirit. But one thing that I, I really always say that she told me is you, you know where you start, but you don't know where you're going to end up. And what matters is what's in between. So, you know, I try to live, I'm in my in-between right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I try to live each day, you know, I just live each day full. I, I When I go to sleep at night, I'm empty. 
everything that I was supposed to do that day, I did. I have no regrets. I don't go to bed angry. I don't go to bed hurt. I just live my day empty. And I wake up the next morning full and I empty again. And, you know, wherever I end up at, I'm okay because I'm empty. Does that make sense? Yes, I, 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 I totally get it. What a great way to live one's life. I mean, that's amazing. I do think that you've picked up a lot of wisdom from your grandmother and all of those women that must have just been with you during that time. You know, let's go back to your childhood. You know, do you feel like it actually maybe inspired your life a little bit having difficulty and obstacles i would i would summarize that you know having parents in 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 a difficult situation like that might be hard for a little girl yes it it was challenging but i can say i guess this I, as even as a child i've always looked at stuff differently so I can say that everything that I went to made, went through made me who, who I am today. Every ingredient in my life was a part of this cake that I am now. Mm-hmm. You know, what my dad went through was maybe the flour. What my mother went through was the yeast. And everything came into this beautiful mixture of this, this full woman that I am today. So if the egg was missing, the, my cake wouldn't arise. If I wasn't homeless, if, if I didn't get picked out of college because I didn't have enough money, I wouldn't have never went this way. So every, every piece of this cake made me who I am today. And I have no regrets. I'm not mad at anyone. I just know where I am. Does that make sense? It does. And what a beautiful way to look at life. You know, everything just happened for a reason. And you certainly do not seem like anybody that was affected by anything. And to be eight years old and smiling at people just because you were experimenting with how beautiful (laughs) smiles can be and and how it makes people feel, I think that's just such an insightful thing for an eight-year-old child to do. I mean, seriously, I don't know if you, you get the gravity of that, but you were smiling at people just to see what they would do and not moving your gaze. Oh my God. <laughs> Most children, you can't get them to look at you or n- let alone talk to you when they're, they're growing up. So. Well, back in the day, it was a little safer to talk to strangers or stare at them. But nowadays I wouldn't want my jaggy staring at anyone. They might. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. Who um, is, do you think your grandmother has made the biggest impact on your life? I think my grandmother made a big impact on my life, but I would have to say the biggest impact that was made on my life was from my mother. Really? With her addiction, because I seen how hard she tried. She kept trying, but she kept failing. But the thing that I seen about her, she kept trying. Yeah. She kept trying. And and I don't, I wouldn't even say she failed, but she kept trying. It ended up killing her, but she kept trying. So that made me know and gave me a sense of tenacity that no isn't an option for me. It just means I need to go another way. So when I couldn't afford to go to dental school, I just went to hygiene school. And I said, if dental school is meant for me, it'll open up. But I was still in my vein. I would have went to dental assistant school. I would have went to, to become a dentist. Long as I was in my area, I was going to be the best one there was. You know, and even in um, dental hygiene school, I flunked out twice because I have dyslexia. So it was difficult for me, but I kept going and I kept making it. And I'm now I'm in a doctoral program. Are you really? Studying gerontology. I'm going to be, I want to be a gerontologist. I love the process of aging. 
So I'm super excited about my journey. And so every little piece of the mix in my cake is making me who I am today. Oh my gosh. Where are you studying gerontology? At University of California. Oh my gosh. Obviously a remote program, right? Online, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're, you're amazing. I remember saying to you when we first connected this afternoon on the, on the podcast, I'm like, I shouldn't have looked at your resume. It's just like <laughs> overflowing with stuff that you've accomplished in, in what I think is a short amount of time. So congratulations. Good for you. I mean, really good for you. Thank you. I'm excited about my journey. <laughs> yeah, you, you do have to have tenacity in order to get all of this done. So when you reflect back on your childhood, do you think that all of this contributed to your confidence? Because you are a happy person. You portray confidence instantly. So just curious if you feel like you were born that way. No. Now, that's something that I did have a little struggle with because now being my age and I'm a dark complexion. So it was already it was a challenge being African-American and being a dark African-American. It's a difference. So and then I had a lot of acne. And I was always a little on the thick side of Sears. Now, a lot of young people might not know what Sears is, but it's a it's an old department store just for the people who don't know. So I had a confidence issue. That was something that I really struggled with. But, you know, I was I'm on my second marriage. It took me to kind of get out of that situation, out of the toxic situation. And I had to have I had to do positive affirmations every day for two years. And it hurt me to say, Sonia, I love you. Sonia, you're beautiful. You're smart. You're this. It was like 30 of them on my mirror. And I made myself say it every day after my morning exercise and prayer. I lost weight. I got my um, the acne off my skin and I became a boss baby. Oh, I love it. But even to this day now, once I realized that I was beautiful because the inside was beautiful, beautiful came down. But thing happened after the beautiful came down from the inside, the outside started looking real good. Then and then not that I'm that I'm not smart, that I'm stupid. I, I had that was hard for me to continue to say I'm smart. But when I learned how I had to get the help to help me read and understand, then I'm smart to come down. So my, my daily affirmations went down from about 30 to about five. And I still have two, two up today. I have two more that I have to go through that I'm saying on a daily basis. But this has gone on for years and I continue to do this. I continue to overcome. But I am an empowered powerhouse woman. And it took me a ways to get here and I'm holding on to it. But the key to it is erase toxic people and keep positive affirmations in your heart. Now, in my room here, my wall is lined with positive affirmation plaques. And when I walk in, I walk through that. I walk through the, the victory that I live in. I walk through who I am. I'm, I have one to say, you go girl and don't come back. You know, so it's just, you go girl, but you know, boss girl. So it's just all around me. It's, I surround myself with this. It's just epic. It's super epic. And I'm excited, but it's a process. It's a process. You are a powerhouse. Oh my gosh. I have no doubt about that whatsoever between, you know, just your accomplishments, but also just 
you've gained some really powerful insight on how to manage, right? So none of us, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I think that every one of us comes with a dysfunctional family, right? Well, well, what is dysfunctional? That's normal, right? I know, right? That's normal, <laughs> right? So, you know, we all have our idiosyncrasies and we all have our things that we have to manage and the things that we have to pay attention to. And come back to this all the time. I talk about mindset a lot. And it's all about mindset. You know, when I, you know, talking about being stupid, I'm also dyslexic. <laughs> so you know my journey. I do. I do. And going through dental school, you know, I wasn't number one in my class. And, and you know, that's just what, the way it was going to be. But at least I got there and I got through it, right? But I think that the time when my high school guidance counselor told me that I was um, not smart enough to go to dental school was really the best thing that ever happened to me because quite honestly, I could have chosen to listen to this person, but I didn't. And I said, nobody's ever going to tell me what I can and cannot do. And I, I just walked away. And I remember going to bed that night and, and thinking that before I went to sleep. And my whole life has been lived proving this jerk of a man wrong. But, you know, I mean, it really just gave me the fire in my belly, right? And so the mindset that I have today, and I do think, and I don't know how much study you've done on neurogenetics, but, you know, there are times when we have things that happen to us in our life that it, it actually, you know, disrupts our genetic makeup. And my mindset does not you know, I call it my steel trap mindset. My mindset never changes every day. I know exactly what I have to do. I get up, I do it. And, you know, I do not compromise because I know that that's what it takes in order for me to get to where I want to go. Right. So, well, you know, I, th it's not amazing. It's not any more amazing than, than normal, you know, every, but you just have to gain that insight into yourself and nobody can take that journey, but you. You, you know, you, personally, we all have that journey that we have to pursue and we, we are responsible. Absolutely. When people slide the responsibility or blame somebody else, they never get anywhere. It's like, you know, skidding your wheels. You just don't get anywhere. Right. So, oh my gosh, I love talking to you. So your confidence gained over time by developing your skill set, by developing your, your positive outlook and by doing this day in, day out, no questions asked, and you do it today. I mean, how many years ago did you start this? Oh, years. I mean, this, you know what? I think that people don't realize as much as you have to exercise your physical body, you have to exercise your mind because the same way if we eat donuts and cookies and stuff all day, see our mind defaults to negative, our mind defaults. So the same way we have to work out and kind of watch what we eat, it's the same way you have to do your mind. You have to jog your mind into positivity. That's why it's so important to accompany the, the people that are around in my space. Now, some people, you're just going to have to be in your space because you work with them. But people that are in my inner circle are not toxic. I won't hang around. I, I don't care who they are. I would not allow myself to be around toxic people. I would not allow anyone to make me a garbage can. And I've done so much positive affirmation. I thought I was um, 
kind of conceited because if someone says something negative about me, it, it hurts my ears. Like my aunt, she's kind of default to negative. And she was talking to me and she said, oh, you're, you're always so happy. You're not realistic. You're living a lie. And I was like, oh, it just, it just startled me. I was like, it was just anything negative that someone says about me. I'm so in tune to it. I'm so sensitive. And I immediately have to reject that because words carry too much weight and I would not allow you to speak that over my life. You know, so I'm very protective of my ear gates. I'm, I'm protective of who I allow in my gate because you're not going to tear me down because I work out too hard. My brain is like skinny because I, mean, <laughs> I work out. He's like, no more burpees, no more jumping jacks. So I work this brain out and I, I listen to it. a six pack up there. Girlfriend. I know. I, when I, I run in the morning, I'm listening to, I listen to a lot of positive people in the, on tapes. I won't say their names. I'm not endorsing anybody, but I listen to a lot of positive motivational speakers every single day. And I'm just, it, it just gets me going. It's what I need. And then I dance. Oh, if the day is too hard, I blast my music because there are going to be days, you know, but when it's too hard, I dance, I dance. And that's just my, that's my honey. And I dance. And sometimes my husband dances with me and it just works for me. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, you've developed this great consistency in what you do and there's very little reason why you wouldn't get to where you are today because you've done the work. Many people just avoid the work, right? And the other thing I want to go back to is, you know, you are so spot on. Thoughts are things, right? And they carry uh, an energy to them. And so that energy either attracts or pushes away things that we have coming in and out of our life. And so, you know, what you, you know, resist persists, but what also what you bring the joy that you bring, the good things that you bring, the good things that you keep in your mind, only more good comes to you. So that's, it makes perfect sense why things are going so well for you. It absolutely does. Absolutely. Who in dentistry inspires you today? Who in dentistry inspires me today? You know what? I would have to say Anne Duffy. Duffy. Are you familiar with her? Totally. Totally agree with you. A hundred percent. She is so Anne is so a well-rounded, she's a well-rounded woman. She has a family. She has a business. She's spiritual. She is fit. I just, there's so many. I mean, I hate to single any out just in case. I love all of, all of my women in dentistry and all my men in dentistry. But Anne Duffy, she, we don't talk a lot, but she's near and dear to my heart. So if, if I had to pick someone, that's who came to my head. You know, she's someone I can call about professional advice or I can call about marital advice or she, I'll call and she'll pray with me. So I love Anne. Oh, awesome. Tell us about one thing that people would be surprised to know about you. Oh, you know what? Something that I do that I think that people would be surprised to know is that I make dolls out of wine bottles. Oh, my gosh. Do you really? Yeah, that's my hobby. I, I take wine bottles and I buy scraps of material and I, and I make dolls and they're, they're really unique dolls. And I was just sitting them around and one lady seen it from my church. And so now I, I've been selling them and people, I just kind of, you know, people think they're just the best thing. So my husband was like, you gotta kind of stop drinking wine and ask people <laughs> to donate you these bottles. So 
So you drink your wine just so you can have bottles to decorate. He goes to the thrift store and buys them for me. I'm like, ah, shut up, guy. But yeah, that's my hobby. That's my hobby that I do when I'm down and don't have anything else to do. And it's a a lazy weekend. I I do. I make dolls out of wine bottles. Oh, my gosh. That is a very cool thing. Now, nobody has ever said that. So that's very cool. Very cool. So tell me um, and the audience about a moment when you had a presence and realization that, oh my God, this is exactly what I was supposed to do. An aha moment. My biggest aha moment was I was in one of the nursing homes and I was walking in and it's always a lady that will wait at the door for me. You know, she knew the the month, she knew what day I would come every month and she would wait right at the door for me. And she would roll with me to the beauty salon because I would set up in a beauty salon and she would be with me while I set my supplies up and, you know, set, um, put out the um, unit and set up the suction and everything and lay everything out. And she would just talk to me about her grandchildren and her life. She was like 89 years old. So one day we was in there talking and, and I had finished setting up and I get there extra early. So after I set up, she's always my first patient, but she wants to talk about five minutes or so before we start. So she's talking the whole time, but she wants me to sit and give her undivided attention. So I was done and I was sitting with her and she was just talking, yak, 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 yak. And then she said, whew, she took a very deep breath. And I was like, are you okay? She said, yes. And we yak, 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 yak about her weekend. She had been to Walmart in the van and she took another deep breath and died. (gasps) A cold breath of air went past me and she was gone. Oh my God. I felt her leave. She was waiting for you. She was waiting. And so I I went and got the nurses. They took her back to her room and I had a breakdown. I was on the floor bawling and crying and I couldn't believe it. And when when someone expires in a nursing home in that hallway, they have everybody going to their rooms because it'll make the other residents upset. And most of the time, you know, the corner comes directly, you know, because there's no do not, there's most of the time a do not resuscitate. So the corner will come and will the patient out. They'll lay them in the bed for the family member to see them if the family requested it. The, and they, they can, family can have much time in there as they want to say goodbye. Then the corner comes and take them out and covers up. So they shut all the doors. So I was in a beauty salon with the door shut. When her daughter came there, her daughter didn't go to her mother. Her daughter came in there with me. My eyes were swollen closed because from tears. And she said, with tears in her eyes, thank you. She said, my prayer was that my mother died with you or me. She said, because I didn't want her to die alone. And that's when I knew that my my purpose and passion had collided with my profession as a dental hygienist. And I was doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing. It was like, wow. And from that day to this, I was early in, from that day to this, I go in every day and I treat every patient as if it is their last day or my last day or my last day. Because there's not a there's not a time for that. You know, if a 16 year old dies, that's old for a 60 year old. You know what I'm saying? So there's no time on that. So that was my aha moment to let me know that I'm, I'm this is what my passion and purpose had collided with my profession and I was doing what I'm, I was born to do at this stage in my life. I gotta tell you, Sonia, nobody has taken my breath away as much as you have in one of these podcasts. Oh, you are so sweet. I think you've brought me to tears 
three oh, times. Oh, no, don't say that. Oh, my gosh. That is an amazing story. Like, amazing. She was waiting for you. That, whew. oh, my gosh. That was so special. You know, I mean, oh, my gosh. That was so special. Thank you. Okay. You must have a, a motto or a mantra that you live by. You know what? Let me tell you one thing that I, one word that I live by is intentionality. That's my word. My word is intentionality. And my motto is what, what Oprah said is I do not believe in luck. I believe when preparation meets opportunity, that's when stuff happens. You have to prepare and the opportunity will come. And that's when you propel. So I live intentional every day. What I do, I do with intention. I do it with a purpose. When every, anything that I'm about to do, I'm like, what is my intention for doing this? What, is, what am I intentionally trying to do? What is the outcome that I want for this? What, whatever it is, what is the outcome? And then what I always keep myself in a place of preparation because I know the opportunity is going to come. Like a good example, I have a, a show that airs on Facebook and all my handles called Suave and Sassy Seniors with Sonia, where I interview seniors and because so many people think the seniors are invisible and not important and this and that. So I interview them on social media and I have them give us a golden nugget of life. And these seniors are doing great things. One lady was, is an opera singer and one lady was 73 and she looks 33. One lady just got a divorce at 70 and, and she's dating again. I mean, so many great things. So, but I know that that show is going to be a syndicated, a syndicated talk show. So I'm getting real slim. I'm getting prepared because TV puts 10 pounds on you. So I'm getting prepared. So when the opportunity comes, my preparation is already in place. So I live like that. I eat like that. I exercise like that. I put that in the universe. I tell what the name of the show is going to be. And that's my story. And I'm going to stick to it. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to see this come about. I cannot wait. I have no doubt it will. I have no doubt it will because that's exactly how the universe works. Exactly. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. So is that your secret dream? No, my secret dream is just happiness, but I would like to bring awareness to seniors. Like I was talking to one millennium, bless her heart. She had to be 25 and she was like, why are you doing this show? These are old people. They already lived their own life. You know, but a lot of people think like that. They're about to die anyway. So I want people to see that there's still a lot of wisdom there. And then a lot of, I've met a lot of, one senior, one lady, she, I don't, I won't call her a senior. She was 62 years old. She was asking me, should I get implants? I'm 62. I'm like, oh, well, are you planning on dying at 63? <laughs> she said, no. I said, well, get your implants, man. Absolutely. So I'm thinking some senior, so the show is for, as we age, so we can see people doing things and living their best life. Because once your kids is gone and you kind of paid off some stuff, that's when you can really start living. And then I want the young people to see, listen, sit at these people's feet, listen to some of the things they're saying. So you don't have to repeat some of that same stuff. So that's the purpose of the show, to bring awareness and, and to bring these generations together. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Positively. So you're doing it now. Yes. And putting it out there so that somebody will pick it up. Well, I'm, I, I'm doing it now to put it out there so that the seniors can be elevated. And when it's my time, it will happen. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. You're amazing. 
Any guilty pleasures that you that you want to tell the audience about? That chocolate, girl. That chocolate. Those, <laughs> what are those? What chocolate is that chocolate? Wine. Yeah, that chocolate that has the caramel in the inside. That's not cool. So I was just like, it's just not cool. I don't know why they make that. It's just not right. But that is it. So um, I don't know. Um, do you know Susan Cotton? Yes, I know my love. My she's a cancer. Yeah. So in on. At some point, I saw this posting that she had put out that these chocolate-covered coconut almonds were evil from Costco. And she said, <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's going in the trash. <laughs> I can just, I know what she means, because sometimes when you start, you can't stop. And they're so addicting. And I, you know, that's exactly what our brains get hooked on, right, is the addiction to the flavor and the taste and all that kind of stuff and the joy that it brings to us, right? Absolutely. That I got a big chuckle out of that today when I saw that. I mean, it was. <laughs> so do you ever have a bad day? Are you happy all the time? No, we all have. We all have. You know, I try not to say bad, but we all have challenging days. That's great. I'm. Thank you for that insight. Yes. Yeah. I try, it, we all have our challenging days, but it's just choosing how we want to deal with it. Some days I just I'm a little a little more low key and want to have a, a, a chilled out day. Um, but those are okay. I embrace every day as it comes. That's awesome. I can't tell you how much you have, you have personally inspired me and I know you're going to inspire the audience. And I know that whatever it is that you have in your mind will absolutely positively come to you because you absolutely positively deserve it. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for listening to the Women in Dentistry podcast with Dr. MJ Hanlon. If you like our show and want to know more about us, check out our website, thewomenindentistry.com, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us for our next episode as we bring you another amazing woman leading the way for the next generation.